This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I feel like it's our fault. Yeah, it's definitely our fault. 2020, we really messed up the timeline. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. And this is our podcast where we make each other watch shows that we loved growing up that the other person hasn't seen. I love Gilmore Girls. And I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But now we've both seen a whole season of the opposite show. And they were good. Turns out each other was right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Who knew that after 10 years we would know each other a little bit? I thought for sure you'd be wrong, but here you are, right? I mean, you did refuse to watch it for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't jump on the Buffy bandwagon until now either. No. It's scary. <laughs> so this is a special episode where we didn't watch any new shows, but we're going to be discussing our thoughts on season one of both shows as a whole. But before that, is there anything we should tell our audience? We just washed all our coffee cups from the election week. Yes. Election week was um was like four days of the same day where we pretty much watched the news and drank coffee. We often would make a second pot of coffee in the evening. At some point, I was like, I think we've used every glass in the house. Some of them were wine, I won't lie. Yeah. But we got through that, and the election's over, and the results decided. Uh... <laughs> I don't know when you're listening to this. That may or may not be funny. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what a nightmare. So, guys, I'm so excited about this podcast, though. Yeah, let's talk about that. Why don't we start with Buffy? Stacy? why don't you tell us what happened in season one? Okay, season one of Buffy. Buffy knows she's a vampire slayer, and she had some problems at her old school. So she's going to a new school where there's a creepy librarian that seems to know her whole deal, and she's resistant to still being a vampire slayer. But she does it anyway, especially because... This school is located on a hellmouth, which is a place where demons can come out of, and there's an evil vampire named the Master trapped there. Don't completely understand all of that. But throughout the season, we occasionally check in on the Master. He's still trapped down there. And then every other episode is about, like, some other kind of monster that Buffy and her friends have to fight. She gets to be good friends with Xander and Willow. There's, like, a weird love triangle she meets a, a handsome man who turns out to be a nice vampire that she wants to love but can't. So now we've got like a love rhombus with her and Xander and all that. There's a mean girl named Cordelia, but she's maybe becoming one of them by the end of the season. And then at the end of the season, we finally defeat the master who wasn't really that scary. And there's a kid that's an anointed one. Did I miss anything? That's everything that happened. Pretty much. The master wasn't scary. He killed her. I mean, for like a second. It's true. And then he didn't really do anything the whole time except talk to a child. That's scary, man. And the child didn't do anything <laughs> except take Buffy on a walk. Yeah, dude. Have you ever walked with a kid at night? That is so frightening. So Stacy and I have each come up with a list of our top five moments from season one of Buffy. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. We're going five to one, right? So like number five is my least favorite favorite moment. Mm -hmm. Got it. My number five moment is... Buffy's dad just like <laughs> telling her how worthless she is for a good 10 minutes. It was a pretty good episode, but this moment in particular was 
maybe unintentionally funny, but I had a good time. It's just so long. It's like, and you suck, and we never loved you at all. It was like, uh, somebody write this, just her dad berating her a bunch, and we'll trim it down. We'll just take like the best parts. But they kept it all in. <laughs> they forgot to edit that part down. So yeah, that's number five. My number five is when they're all at the bronze with Owen, and they're all justifying why they're trying to hang out with Buffy and get her attention, but they can't say it's vampires. That seems really funny. Oh, that was funny. That's a good one. My number four is the reveal of Angel. Because mm. I wondered for so many episodes who this mystery man was. And then I didn't even have to watch the episode. You just like spit it out right before we watched it. It's 2020. It's crazy you don't know that Angel's a vampire by now. I know. I think I'm definitely going to have parts of Buffy spoiled for me, especially like doing social media for this podcast. I, I see things. Like what? I don't want to say. Okay. Because I don't know for sure, and I don't want to confirm things that I know. Okay. I know what you think you know. I don't think you do. Oh. Is this about Willow? It is about Willow. Whoa! It's not about her sexual preference, although I think I know something about that. No, no. Willow is pretty much what you got now is what you get for the whole season. She never finds love? Yeah, she's a single the whole time. She barely has any lines of dialogue, and she doesn't do anything. They should have kept that actress from the unaired pilot if that was all they were going to give her. <laughs> I feel so bad that woman didn't go on to do anything else. That was the last thing she was in. I feel like it's our fault. Yeah, it's definitely our fault. 2020, we really messed up the timeline. What's your number four? Uh, my number four from Buffy has to be um, the principal getting eaten. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, it was just like great because you didn't know what was going to happen. You're like, they're not going to kill the principal. He's like a really cool guy. He's like a nice guy. Yeah, it was really um, out of nowhere and unexpected. You're like, oh, he's going to get in a scrape every couple of episodes, you know. Buff is, and it's like, no, he got eaten alive. He's going to be in the whole show. Oh, he's gone after like episode six. Yeah. Okay, number three for me is in the finale when Angel and Xander have to work together, specifically when Xander tells Angel to stop looking at his neck. Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny. I don't know. It was cute to see them reluctantly work together. I feel like they maybe will have to in the future, though it may be tense. But that was a funny joke. Yeah, it was. My next thing has to be the just the puppet show plot reveal. When we find out at the very end, like, how all the pieces fit together. Because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that all does make sense. It makes sense that the puppet thinks she's the demon. It makes sense that she thinks the, de the puppet's the demon. It makes sense that the demon can't use the puppet dude's brain. Brian, this was my number two. Oh, yeah. The twists and turns of the puppet episode. Yeah. Oh. I, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, yeah, it's a good good episode. And not all of them were like that. Some episodes that I really enjoyed, actually, felt pretty obvious mm -hmm. what the thing was going to be, which we'll maybe get to. But I do feel like this one was very well done with the twists and turns, and I didn't expect it. I felt that way about the witch as well, mm -hmm. which I know it, towards the very end, I think you put the pieces together right before it happened, but I feel like as far as this type of show goes, I felt like it did a good job of hiding the final reveal that she had like switched bodies with the daughter. Agreed. Okay, so your number three and my number two were the same. What is your number two? My number two is Buffy's speech when she doesn't want to die in Prophecy Girl. Mm -hmm. It got to you. It was a good. It's a good thing. It's cool. And it, it was like, a good. It was a good. It was a good. It was so good. Are we Borat? Yeah, I don't know. I bailed on whatever accent I was trying to. I was like, I don't know what's offensive anymore. Yeah, so. we don't know. But Borat's not. No. So we <laughs> Depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> it was an emotional scene in that episode, and I felt like it finally like showed the weight of what Buffy's up against as opposed to like, you know, oh, she kills some demons. Ha 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 ha. It's like, oh, she could die. 
She kills some demons? She kills a guy named Damon, and then she kills another guy named Damon in a different season. Were all the vampires named Damon? Mm-hmm. Wow. That does sound like a vampire name. Yeah, you're kind of asking for it if you're going around saying, my name's Damon. My name's Damon. I definitely had a sippy of this um, sparkling water and probably got picked up on my microphone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you apologize to them for taking a sippy on air. <laughs> we <laughs> We did the podcast once when I was really tired, and Stacy started telling a story. And apparently, I just yawned straight into the microphone. Yeah, I did not put that part in, because it made me sound very boring. <laughs> it's really damning when you play it back. She's just like, so I went to the store, and I'm like, yeah. I think I said, like, do you want to hear something really interesting? And you're like, uh-huh. And then, like, halfway through it, you could just hear him going, <sighs> I guess she hadn't gotten to that part yet. That was super interesting. Okay. Are you awake enough to hear my number one moment? Yeah. (laughs) My number one moment is Principal Flutie's death. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was just so unexpected. I was like in shock. And it gave me the sense that the show's not afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. I I think probably certain characters have plot armor, but it's nice to know that ones like that don't. Like, Miss Calendar could die, I bet. Mm -hmm. She's kind of flutie equivalent at this point. Yeah. All right, Brian, what's your favorite moment? When the monster comes out of the Hellmouth, man. You mean that nylon snake? Yeah. Okay. I just thought that was like a show was like showing a monster tentacle demon come out of the ground. I'd never seen that on a TV show look remotely convincing. As much as you may think this wasn't the best special effects, and, and I, I know it's not perfect. I was like, wow, this show's fucking trying. Well, you are older than me, so you've been watching TV longer at this point. So. First off, it was in color, which was really impressive. <laughs> Brian is 90 years old. And they had talkies. So I was like, talkies and sippies I can have my sippies listen Stacey. to my talkies. <laughs> uh, that's my number one moment. Well, we don't want to dwell on the negative, but even good TV is flawed. So we decided we should just pick our one least favorite moment from each show. I'll start. Okay. My worst moment, and maybe you can guess something I really didn't like, was in the pack when Xander freaking assaults Buffy. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a dark Dark time, and I was like, I don't know if Xander comes back from this for old Stacy. And he has a little bit, but it will take me a while to forget. Yeah, it was like episode like three or four, too. It was just like right away. <laughs> it was very, very dark the way he was speaking to her. Yeah. His inner thoughts were coming out a little too much. I know he was a hyena, but it wasn't nice. Not cool, Xander. What is your least favorite moment, Brian? The movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Specifically, the scene where... Her watcher like sacrifices himself for her. Forgive the the pun, but the stakes are couldn't be lower in this scene because he's like stabbing at the vampire in its foot. <laughs> <laughs> the stakes are so low. <laughs> yeah, so you just stub your toe on that stake, buddy. No, Sorry. it's just like I can't resist the stakes joke in the puppy. I did apologize preemptively for the puns, so. But, like, this scene doesn't make any sense. The vampire's like, I'm probably not going to kill her because she's not ripe yet, whatever. She's not ready, whatever that means. He's known her for about a week and laughed at a joke, she said once. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he's like, I will die for this one for the first time. Like, no, what? You've known so many other Slayers so much longer. Yeah, there were things I liked about the movie, but overall it was a bad movie, and you're right. It was pretty stupid that he just was done halfway through. Yeah, it was almost just like Donald Sutherland was like, I actually, I 
I'm done with this movie. I I don't need to be in the rest. Um, so yeah, that would be my low points. Well, then there's just one thing left to discuss. What do you think is the best episode of Buffy season one? Prophecy Girl, the season finale, for sure. Okay. I mean, I've already explained why the scenes that I think are particularly powerful and just impressive and fun to watch are in that episode. Yeah, at least two of your moments were from that episode. Not to mention just a lot of the character arcs sort of come to fruition in that one. And it's got a, like a darker tone as opposed to a lot of the other episodes. Also, Cordelia drives her car into the school. That's fun. The more I think about the finale, the less I like it, actually. Mm -hmm. For reasons that I've already said, I don't care about defeating the master. Like, he didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. He really didn't. He stayed down in his little hole the whole time. He sent some vampires up to get her once, I think in the Angel episode, but they, like, immediately defeated them. But also, he's been, like, having vampires kill people for a while. For example, in the first episode, the first two episodes, that, like, dude kills a bunch of people at the bronze. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's no vampires in Sunnydale besides Angel that aren't part of his sitch. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't, I didn't see him do much. Well, because he couldn't leave. I know, but then that makes him not that scary. Okay. And she just like so easily defeats him too. I know he like kills her or whatever, but I, mm. I, she didn't seem dead. I admit the fight scene was not, there wasn't much to it. I did like the last episode. I think they tied a lot of things together well. But I think for the reasons I just said, I'm going to pick a different episode as my favorite where okay. I was like very excited to watch it. And that was the second to last episode, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Yes. It was a little predictable because they pretty much revealed who the, the evil person was, like mm -hmm. maybe even less than halfway through. It was still good storytelling. And I liked the idea that the FBI is like also looking into this. I liked that she was like gonna slash Cordelia's face. Like I liked that they weren't afraid to go dark in mm -hmm. that moment. Even though Cordelia was super shallow in that episode, it was kind of cool to see her sort of developing a bit. It was, yeah. I like that one. Is there anything else we should say about Buffy? No, I mean, I think season two is going to be a lot different than season one as far as it's just a lot better written. I don't mean, actually, I think season one actually had some really good episodes. But season two is more like, okay, we've, we're writing over 20 episodes. We can like really stretch the plot and have a lot of plot threads kind of mingle and inter intertwine. Yeah, I think that's one thing I didn't love about this season, which we've maybe talked about, but like how the master is the overall villain, but like maybe only half the episodes even mention him. Mm -hmm. And then there's just so many one-offs and many of those weren't that good, with the exception of maybe Puppet Show and this Invisible Girl one. I think you'll like the season two villain situation. I think they're really good. I'm excited to find out. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. Charmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has seen. But we've been discussing it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. That's right. And now we're going to recap what we think happened on season one of Charmed. Take it away, Brian. Meanwhile, on Charmed season one, three sisters, maybe four, Phoebe, Piper, and Prue Hollywell were formerly estranged, but they're reunited when they inherit a family manor, apparently in San Francisco, and discover that they can do witchcraft. And also, maybe that they have a weird, like, family disease. Maybe not. We're pretty sure this house is an auction house, though, and contains a bunch of random objects, like a cursed urn that Phoebe's ex-boyfriend bought back from Egypt, as well as the Book of Shadows, which their evil shape-shifting neighbors once tried to steal, but we don't know why, because it's just a weight-loss cookbook. Prue is THE Prue from the Great British Baking Show, mm -hmm. where she made friends with the priest. She also gets hypnosis to quit her smoking habit, but her hypnotist is a sinister and threatening man who took over her subconscious and occasionally gives her problems. Yeah, and you remember when she accidentally made copies of herself and had to do a 
a whole Who's Line show, but then defeated a giant using hilarious improv. Mm -hmm. But she's not as bad at magic as Piper, who's just terrible, and they really have to keep an eye on her. Yeah, like that time Piper turned a kidnap victim into a cake and then Prue ate him. So sad. Piper also dates everybody. She dated a ghost who cheated on his taxes. She's got an on and off relationship with a man named Leo who's trapped in the body of a dog a la Salem the cat from Sabrina. And we really don't know much about Phoebe except that she's probably played by Alyssa Milano. Mm. They find out their dad isn't actually their dad, but they do have a fourth sister who is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. We are positive. (laughs) But in this show, she's played by Rose McGowan instead of Melissa Joan Hart. And Sabrina's aunts... Right, her aunt's sisters. Came to help them out with magic sometimes. And uh, maybe Pendulette showed up. We don't know much about their mom, except that all the women in their family were also thirsty. And we can't forget about Andy, the little man that they keep in their cupboard. Of course, he loves it in there. He's probably going to stay in there the whole series. Yeah, whenever he tries to come out, something bad happens. Like when he tried to get a job with the FBI and almost got turned into a Wendigo. Or when he was almost forced to marry Emily Gilmore. Plus, he's got that invisible boy living in there with him now, who they rescued from that Grimlock. Right, right. The gremlin warlock with sharp nails who can see invisible things. And then, of course, the season ends with Piper falling in love with a demon who can control time. Oh, boy. What implications does that have for season two? This has been Meanwhile Uncharted. Well, obviously, we spent half of this season talking about Gilmore Girls. More than half, because of Buffy being short, we did extra Gilmore Girls. Brian, why don't you tell us what happened on season one of Gilmore Girls? Gilmore Girls is about a mother and daughter who are very, very close and very much alike. They're both eccentric. They both love coffee. They're both smart. Both of them have the same goal. They want Rory to get into Harvard. Lorelai, the mother, had her daughter when she was very young. She ran away from home and raised the daughter herself in a happy little town called Stars Hollow, which is almost like its own character in the show. It's like almost surreal, magic surrealism. Mainly everything is super kooky. Everyone's just a character, you know? But they don't have enough money to pay the tuition for the school that Rory needs to go to to be able to get into Harvard. So Lorelai does the thing she thought she'd never do. She goes to her mother, who's rich, who she's estranged from, to ask her for money. And their mother, Emily, is like, okay, I'll give you the money, but we're going to start having weekly dinners and we're going to rekindle our relationship because I want to meet and know my granddaughter. And then drama ensues, essentially just fighting with her mother. Like she has trouble accepting her mother and her mother has trouble accepting her for the lifestyle she lives and also for the love that she rejected when she moved away. So a lot of the tension and emotional friction comes from those interactions. And they're really good. A lot of it deals with Rory trying to succeed in this highly competitive school, and she's a little bit introverted, so she has trouble integrating in the school with all her friends. So it's about her trying to make friends with a bunch of bullies, essentially. It's also about her mother navigating the dating world, because her mother didn't want to date for the longest time because she was trying to raise a daughter, but now she thinks that maybe she can date. The one other big main character is Luke, who runs a coffee shop that Lorelai and Rory go to all the time. But clearly, Lorelai wants to be with Luke, and Luke wants to be with Lorelai, but they won't admit it. Neither of them will. Rory dates her first boyfriend in the show, but they break up. But then at the end of the season, they get back together, and it's wonderful. Lorelai has a couple interests. She's maybe going to get back together with her baby daddy. But it seems like she's going to get together with Rory's teacher, which is a little taboo. She dates him for a little while, and then she doesn't want to date him because it might make Rory's life weird. But then she wants to date him, and they're like, maybe we shouldn't do it. But then they do it, and they're together. And he's like, we should get married. And she's like, what? And he's like, I bought you a ton of flowers. And she's like, that's so sweet. Let's deal with this next season. The end. Yeah. So as with Buffy, we've each selected our top five moments from Gilmore Girls. Brian. 
What's your number five moment? My number five moment is a silly moment. It's one single joke. Mm -hmm. Michelle is a character I rarely find that funny. I think his attitude is just sort of too much. But he comes across Rune. And I hate Rune more than anything. And it was so funny when he (laughs) just said the dialogue of him insulting Rune. I loved it so much I put it down in my top five. Do you hate Rune more than Tristan? It's it's a toss-up. My number five is in the episode Star-Crossed Lovers and Other Strangers when Lorelai is set up on a date with Chase Bradford at her parents' house and Richard is upset with his daughter, but he lets her escape because they both kind of bond over how much they hate this guy and it, it was a sweet moment between them, I thought. Yeah. My next favorite moment has to be when Rory and Richard go to the golfing, to mm. the club. Yeah, you liked that one. They just got along, and I don't know. I liked that a lot. I was like, oh, they they have a good relationship. I didn't think they were going to. Yeah, no one did. They were all doubting it, but it went great. They also had a bunch of funny lines at that golf course that were really funny. Okay, number four for me is in the episode Forgiveness and Stuff, Mm -hmm. when Richard has to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Specifically, Luke and Lorelai in that episode. That was the first episode where they were like really super flirty, and it seemed like, oh, maybe they should be together. Even like Emily got onto that. I just thought that that was a cute moment for them. That's weird because my next one is that scene. <laughs> really? That specifically? Yeah. Interesting. I thought they had a fun game with Luke that he couldn't look at anybody. That was like a, a running bit. Right. Any of the gross people that passed by in the hospital. Yeah. But also like they were stoking the idea that he cared for her. I mean, I think it was obvious from the get-go that there was something between them. Yeah. But yeah, this episode really dove into that. And you thought maybe it was going to end with them falling in love, but it, it did not. Yep. Okay, so that was your number three. My number three is when Rory's grandparents showed up at her birthday party in Stars Hollow. This is going to be funny. (laughs) Is that your number two? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was... um that was nice. After that disastrous party, they like swallowed their pride and came to Stars Hollow for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it was fun to see Emily interact with the house and the town and realize she didn't really know her granddaughter and daughter. And it was funny how Richard just kind of stayed out of it, but came anyway. Yeah, and gave her more money for Fez, Mm -hmm. calling back to that episode I had previously mentioned. Yeah. Obviously, I had the same one for my number two, so what's your number two? My number two is a singular joke, or I guess scene, when Lorelai is talking to Emily when she's freaking out about her mother-in-law coming, and she's having a little conversation with these stone dogs. Oh, yeah, that was really funny. She's just like having a, a dialogue with these inanimate objects, and it made me laugh a lot. What's your number one moment, Brian? Well, I want to do a runners-up because I forgot. I think at six, I accidentally forgot to mention that. It's just a really funny joke. Like an honorable mention? Honorable mention. Okay. What did I say? Runner-up, which would be second place? (laughs) Yeah. Honorable mention is in the third Lorelai episode when Lorelai makes a joke, middle Lorelai makes a joke, and normally people roll their eyes or don't get that it was a joke, and senior most Lorelai. Mm-hmm. says, oh, is that a joke? Good for you. <laughs> so funny. Yes. But uh, my number one is the fight between Lorelai and her mother in the kitchen when they think that Rory has slept with a boy maybe, or at least, you know, she did something improper or could have. Brian, that's my number one. I mean, it's the best part of the show so far. Yeah, that was a really good scene. It was really the thesis for the show. Yeah. Which we get in the pilot a bit, but I think that just really summed up what they're afraid of happening to everyone involved in this trio of women. Yeah. Lorelai is maybe afraid of Rory getting pregnant like her. Emily's afraid of that. Lorelai's trapped in this thing where she doesn't 
want to be like her mother. And it was also perfectly written because Emily had just done the very thing she was so mad at her daughter for doing. Hypocrisy. Yeah. Falling asleep and not waking up. Yeah. But just their fights are so... I love when they fight. It's so good. Yeah. Emily's so good. She's bad. She's not nice, but she's good. Okay. Well, we pretty much agreed on all the good moments, but we have each selected a bad moment, correct? Yeah. All right. What's your worst Gilmore Girl moment? Luke. Luke is the worst part of the show for me. Whoa. Luke's like emotional craziness. Like when he was going to like beat up Dean, I'm like, someone should like really be reprimanding him, not like tisk tisking him. They should be like, hey man, he's 16, you can't do that. That's not how an adult deals with a breakup he has no information about. So do you not like Luke? Are you saying like this show would be better without Luke? I'm saying that they are going to need to do something about Luke's character because right now it, he's bothering me, honestly. His like over the top emotional or anti-emotional behavior is bothering you? Yeah, I think it's fine for someone to have like over the top emotional responses to like one stimulus. You know what I mean? Like if I was super overprotective of my daughter and like I thought she was in danger, yeah, maybe I overreact a little bit or something. That's like one example. But he's like someone broke up with her and so he's like ready to beat the crap out of a kid on the street. And it's like, that's a bit much, man. Like, yeah. And it doesn't necessarily seem like a show for Lorelai. Yeah. I think he really feels that way. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't seem like just a show of bravado. Well, my least favorite moment was just the whole Donna Reed thing. Yeah. It just felt like they needed to have Rory and Dean fight about something, and that was the best they could come up with. It was just like a weird kind of political statement, but it didn't really say anything, and it just made Dean look kind of bad for no real reason. Right, yeah. And I was like, what? what is the point of view here? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just resolves itself, and that isn't really like a an impetus for a fight that they have later on when they right. break up. It just felt like they didn't have a good idea, or they just like really wanted to do something with this idea and then threw it in randomly. Didn't like that. Yeah. Her I, dress was great, and the shoes. Yeah, and I'm sure that Jello thing was good too. <laughs> yes. Sure, the jello was great. What is your favorite Gilmore Girl episode? Of season one? Of season one, yes. It is. Christopher Returns. You really like the relationship between Christopher and Lorelai. I do, but there were so many good scenes in this episode. It was action-packed. It was packed full of fights. There was the fight between Christopher's parents and, like, Lorelai's whole family when she brought up George Bush. And then, like, Lorelai gets into that fight with her dad which was great, right after her dad like so kindly stood up for her and then we find out that it's maybe not why we think. There was that sweet Emily and Rory moment. And then the scene with Lorelai in the kitchen with Christopher when he proposes was great. Yeah. There was just a lot of information that was very well written into dialogue in this episode. And the the thing about her letting Luke down with the painting like meant something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then also the stuff with like the town gossiping over how handsome Christopher was was funny. Yeah. I just liked seeing this different side of Lorelai with Christopher and all the tension it brought to the surface and the fights. Good fights. Yeah, I just feel like Christopher's never going to change, so I can't like him. I don't know. I don't want to say. Okay. But I do want to know what your favorite episode was. My favorite episode is Rory's Dance. That's the one where Lorelai and Emily fight. Yeah. I thought about that one too. But it had so much more than just that. There was a lot of scenes in this episode I liked. I would say they were all like runner-up honorable mentions. Like what? Paris like outing herself as a weirdo, like taking a, her cousin to the dance, mm. which like lets Rory like get all the satisfaction of that rumor being out or that truth being out, but she didn't morally cross any lines because she didn't say it. So it's like you get to have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. But then also Tristan gets pushed, mm. which is just 
I love that. I hate Tristan. Mm-hmm. But obviously the big fight too was in this one, which was nice. I did actually, when I said that that fight from this episode was my one of my favorite moments, I wanted to lump in the good parts of Emily and Lorelai in this episode as well. Like mm-hmm. with the banana stuff and her taking care of her. I enjoyed those scenes too. Yeah. Because they like made them get really close and then they immediately get torn apart with this fight. That was That was good. I don't want to side with Emily. I know this is crazy, but banana toast isn't that bad. Yeah, we tried it for a TikTok that we did. And we were like, this is a prop we're going to throw away. But we ate the whole darn thing. I like this show. I think it's it's good. I'm curious how it will maintain its quality for seven seasons. Because I feel like at some point, our relationship's just not going to mean anything. I don't know. Our relationship? I, I was saying, I don't know how we're going to make it for seven seasons together, is what I was trying to say. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> no, I mean, like... It's a drama, and I'm just like, Buffy is like, oh, we'll just introduce aliens next season. What, you know, whatever. Whereas this show, I'm like, how do you keep upping it? New characters. That's true. But it's like Walking Dead, except you can't kill people in Gilmore Girls. At some point, there's too many characters. Well, historically, the last two seasons are supposedly the worst. Though they are peppered with gems. Why would you put gems on your food? I'm fancy. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to eat this. There's freaking gems. That's what I like. My point is, maybe it doesn't maintain that well, but I would say the first five seasons are fantastic. Well, I'm they looking They don't need any to- extra gems. <laughs> with a show like this, you can get by with just like a light sprinkling of like sea gems. Season six and seven are pretty bland. They got to sprinkle in some like uncut gems. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Adam Sandler shows up. It takes a different tone. Very slapstick. Well, Uncut Gems is not that kind of Adam Sandler. It's not? Uncut Gems isn't like a goofy slapstick comedy about fart jokes? No. (laughs) I also wanted to say that one thing I didn't like about season one of Gilmore Girls was Rachel. She seemed like such a plot device. I asked you if you liked her and you said you did. I liked her as like I wanted to know more about her, but the fact that I didn't just showed me that she was never anything but a plot device. Yeah. Every scene she's in, she's kind of like, should I be here? Is my storyline going to work out? And everyone's like, yeah. Luke loved you in the past. She's like, yeah, but is he going to love me now for like enough to get me into the opening credits? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm being picky. I think the show overall is really well written. It's very, very funny. And also some episodes I get like stuff in my eyes. It sucks. I don't know if it's like it's gems. dust or what. Like, I'm sprinkling my gems. Yeah, I feel like I got a gem on my end in one of these episodes. Uh, and I don't know. They're good. I like them. I'm glad that you're introducing me to the show. Thank you. Um, season one was better than I expected it to be. I remember that not being one of the highlights, but it was good. You've said good things about season two, so I'm genuinely excited about seeing where season two goes. Same for Buffy. But Brian, now we have a difficult thing to decide. Yeah. Which show was better, season one? Mm. It's a little unfair because there's a lot more Gilmore Girls to sample. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I would guess you have to give it to Gilmore Girls because it's just like a cohesive story that it doesn't, the dips aren't as far down. Yeah, I would say there were way more Buffy dud episodes than Gilmore Girl episodes for sure. Yeah, I want to preface this by saying there were definitely Buffy episodes that I legitimately feel were better than the Gilmore Girl episodes we had just saw. But overall, there's just way bigger troughs in the Buffy season one. So you think there's the Buffy highs are higher? Some of them, yeah. I mean, when you compare the episodes, there's a different number, you know? So like, yeah, the episode Rory's Dance was an amazing episode. It was really good. So yeah, I don't know. Is that better than all the Buffy ones? Maybe... But Buffy has fewer bad ones, too, to, like, make me forget that the show had really good peaks. Agreed. I think Prophecy Girl's really good, too. So 
I don't know. Does anything in Gilmore Girls season one beat Prophecy Girl? Tough to say for me, honestly. Christopher returns. Yeah. I mean, we agreed that Prophecy Girl was the better season finale. So I've given you that. I mean, we don't have to agree. I think we both agree that Gilmore Girls probably was the better show. Yes, for season one. For season one. Yeah. But I have been keeping track of the rankings we've been saying every week. And again, it's a little unfair because we were doubling up on Gilmore Girls. But you... Gave a 50-50 split. Seven Buffy, seven Gilmore Girls out of the 14 episodes that we did. I sound fair. I gave six to Buffy and eight to Gilmore Girls. So mm. turns out I liked Gilmore Girls a little more. But I like I said, it's weird because of the way we did it. So we'll see where we're at after season two. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts about season one of both of these shows. Were they good seasons of the shows overall? What were your favorite episodes and moments or your least favorite moments? Do you agree with us? Let us know what you think. You can do that by reaching out to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer. You can also follow us at at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an E-Y. Or send us an email at Brian and Stacy reviews at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, where we review all kinds of things. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you do, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with any questions or comments. I love talking to you. It's fun when you contact me. It sounded really needy. Well, you don't talk to me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Listen, I talked to you during this podcast. That's what we agreed on. We said we wouldn't break up for quarantine. We would talk during this podcast, but otherwise, no eye contact. (laughs) If you do reach out on social media, just know that it is me that you're reaching. I'm the nicer one. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And then just one quick plug. The team that I direct is doing a Thanksgiving sketch show, and that'll be premiering on YouTube at like 8 o'clock Eastern on November 23rd. And your shows have been good, so you guys should check them out. They legitimately are funny. If you want to watch along next week, we'll be starting season two of both shows, starting with Gilmore Girls season two, episode one, Sadie Sadie. As well as Buffy season two, episode one, When She Was Bad. Buffy? Was Buffy bad? We'll see who's bad. I'm expecting season two will have some mayor developments. Mayor developments? Major developments. I think you meant mayor. I said major developments. I think you meant mayor. And anyone out here that is confused by what I said, it will make sense later. I know what you're thinking, but you'll figure it out. Brian, are you being serious or are you just kidding? Who the fuck's Jess? Gotta go! Buffy the Gilmore